speedsters. Yes. Oh, uh, one, of our, one of our favorite topics. Who, who do I think wins? Yeah. Who's the, the fastest? The guy on your t-shirt. Guy on my t-shirt. You think Sonic wins? Well, no, I just saw Sonic and thought, hey, speedster. Um, hey, speedsters. Well, in, terms of, any speedster. in terms of, okay, let's, let's put it a hundred meters. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got, I don't know. <laughs> what, what speedsters do you know? Flash, Sonic. Yeah. Who else? Uh, the guy Flash. from the boys, I suppose. I know you said flash. The, the flash again. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's also... <laughs> the in... flash has gone so fast that there's a second flash on the yeah. starting line. No, no, because there's flash from The Incredibles as well. Oh, uh, okay. I, he loses. Oh, okay. Fair. Sorry. Yeah. Dead That's fine. Unless yeah. the boys I mean, guy, I've not watched the boys. He's like 10, so, you know. Um, he's got room to grow. Yeah. But yeah, but who's winning 100 meters? Well, I, I feel... Is, is there a... I feel like I'm being lured into something here because... We've had this conversation and it was definitely, didn't we say the flash because like he can go faster than time? <laughs> oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> so he's already I was, I was going to try and swerve in with the gotcha of like, haha, Goku, because he's got instant teleportation. And then it was like, oh no, yeah, the flash beat instant teleportation. Damn yeah. it. it the, the, Go, Goku instant teleports and the flash has already won. He's like, I, I wonder okay, but who looks the best while doing it. Uh, I mean, the character design would say go- Goku. The rules of cool do apply. Um, Sonic's cooler than Goku, surely. What? No. I would it- die on this hill. Modern Sonic looks better than Goku. He's basically it's Goku what? but a hedgehog. No, he's weird. Why is he wearing gloves? Like, are these... Hands will get cold. Why is Goku wearing trousers? His dick will get cold. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a hedgehog why is he not wearing yeah. they have four legs why is he wearing gloves at all he should be four shoes if anything he's a he's a bipedal hedgehog he also describes go. himself as a hedgehog when he's from another dimension yeah. and doesn't really look like a hedgehog <laughs> yeah he's a bit of a weird little guy isn't he yeah. whereas at least Goku's just like I was a monkey now I am punch man <laughs> sure yeah should we do a podcast? Let's do a podcast. Okay, okay. three, two, one. Hello, weebs, new and old, and welcome to Gateway to the Anniverse, the podcast that aims to guide anime novices to the weird, wide, and wonderful world of Japanese animation. My name is Sam, a self-proclaimed anime expert, and with me, as always, is our novice, Will. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. We are discuss anime sam usually gives us a show or a movie and in this case it's a movie and we talk about it i don't know anything about anime as sam said up top and sam knows everything so he's going to guide me through the weird and wonderful um sam yes we're watching a show called bubble we are indeed watching a show called bubble today it's not um, a metaphor there is just a lot and lot of bubbles in this show why would anyone it's not a show it's a movie it's a film it's a feature it's a movie film. A film from a Netflix this original year. film. This yeah, very, year. Yeah, very modern for us. Very current. Um, cutting edge here at Gateway to the Anniverse. Ironically, bubbles have no cutting edges. Why would anyone want to watch this film? Well, Will, this is a powerhouse production. We have Gen Uroboshi, writer of Fate Zero and Psychopaths. As the lead writer of this story, we have Eve, a very famous 
Japanese superstar pop sensation singing the opening theme song. He did the introduction to Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, right, there's an OP uh, to this movie. Weird. There is an OP to this movie, which is new for us here mm. at uh, the Anniverse. We have the designer from Death Note providing character designs. Okay. We also have Wit Studio. We the do people have who brought us season one to three of Attack on Titan animating this movie. Yeah. And, lest we forget, we have Warner Brothers. Sawano. Oh, right. Doing this. <laughs> we have Warner Brothers. With the Animaniacs are here, Will. They're yeah. here to guide us through the rest of this film. Yeah. The water tower opens up and the Animaniacs join us in dystopian Tokyo to parkour our way around this uh, yeah. strange world. But yes, we have Sawano doing the music and delivering some incredible vocal and non-vocal tracks as well there's not a lot i can really give away without getting into your shtick so okay if that crack team yes. of creators okay. yeah. sounds right. like they are if you have enjoyed any of their work then maybe this could be a film that hooks you in okay let's get into pulling this film apart <laughs> We need you to summarise what's happening in Bubble. I can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I, just, I simply can't. can't. <laughs> I just simply can't. Um, okay, so this is in a world, it's in Tokyo, where Tokyo, for some reason, has been trapped in a giant bubble. And the entire world has had bubbles fall on it. Um, that, happened yes. in, that happened in reverse order. So the bubbles fell, and then at some point, yes. Tokyo was trapped in a bubble. And they are literally bubbles of water. Like, there's there's nothing else really that they do apart from turn into water. So in, in, in inside the bubble of Japan, everyone leaves. They're like, we don't like this. This, this, this doesn't... Like, nope. This doesn't suit our living. Goodbye, Tokyo. It starts to flood. The bubbles start to pop. Even though bubbles are still there, not all the bubbles pop. Some of the bubbles pop and flood the city. Mm. And then some weird gravitational stuff starts happening in which yes. things start to be ripped apart and thrown around a lot. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. we, we got to get out of here, baby. And they all flee the city. And Is that what they say? Yeah. And then... <laughs> we got to get out of here, baby. That's exactly what they say. We got to go. Um, which is really weird in a Japanese movie. I was like, that's just so out of context. It's very English. Yeah. Very um, like, yeah, just some random American voice actor. In the and, and and then the city becomes a haven for free runners and parkourers to the run youth. Yeah, to yeah young men specifically men although there are women there but they specifically say young men in the show in the film yeah actually um, i didn't really clock that until you just said it <laughs> and that they huh. they decide to do a death running game where they all parkour around this collapsing city and floating bits of city to win a flag and then they sort of get things off the other team in and then it's televised to the world as well like it's become an entertainment thing and um it's about free running and then as the film progresses we learn more about this weird the where the bubbles kind of came from but not really and almost almost and then we get a lot of um music Sort of tunes playing. Yeah. yeah. We, a bubble a turn. Of humming. A lot of na-na-nas. A lot of na-na-nas. A 
bubble turns into a girl because the bubble liked the picture on the bus. And then the building freezes time, but doesn't freeze time. But it doesn't, but also maybe there's like a singularity, but maybe there isn't, but maybe there is. And that's, that's bubble baby. That's bubble. Um, so yeah, yeah. The, the the world itself um, reminds reminds me when I was watching it a lot of things like Doctor Stone. It reminded me of that. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that kind it, of nature reclaiming modern civilization. Yeah, feel. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? Log Horizon as well. I don't the, uh, the sort of yeah. the details and the sort of aesthetic of Log Horizon. It reminded me a bit of that. Um, really liked the world building and the depth they went to the details that they go to like i don't know whether there's a specific style but when you see the bus and it's all rusted and yeah the buildings are all cracked but it they focused on like showing the cracks in it and the the words the way they fade and the sort of i don't know the realistic deterioration of society mm. and the details they emphasize was really effective i really like that aesthetic um would you say? Would you say that it's post post apocalyptic? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I would say. All right. It, it's an. It's okay, a post incident. Post post incident. Yeah. It's uh, well. I wouldn't even say it's post post. Like post apocalyptic doesn't mean that no one's alive. Like they have not rebuilt mm. society properly yet. It's still just post apocalyptic. If anything. But it's also yeah. a post-apocalyptic bubble where the rest yeah, of the world is absolutely fine. It's an optional post-apocalypse. An optional apocalypse. Because <laughs> you can just <laughs> leave and rejoin society. To. Yeah. But I, I get what you mean in terms of the aesthetic because it is really beautiful to look at and kind of haunting in the way that Tokyo is probably the biggest metropolitan city mm. anything on the planet and mm. to see just like a complete massive section of it just flooded and covered in plants and are the landmarks like accurate like are they ch- are the landmarks absolutely yeah yeah okay cool what was that was something that really stood out to me was um from where the tokyo tower is um which is the epicenter of uh this incident everything is accurate in terms of buildings used um shots taken lines even the types of trains and even the vending machines and stuff i'm assuming not 100 percent accurate, accurate because in this it is flooded and broken and everything's floating around ah well give it a couple of years well what was really interesting is that this idea of tokyo flooding has is now present in not one but two very high profile movies uh coming out of japan and has been a feature of lots of of um so i guess not sci-fi but almost futurism style animes for a while because tokyo is at its heart a bay city and there right. has been a lot of worry since the 80s of tokyo flooding oh, and so why not market when... that <laughs> so why not? why not put it into movies and like bring it to the forefront in discussion especially now that climate change is such like a big issue and the ocean levels mm. are rising and whatnot we end up with these themes being revisited a lot more often. So I thought it was a really interesting um, decision 
to yeah. show off Tokyo flooded. It's very specifically um, yeah. in this case. And I think for me, this movie is definitely in two halves. I think the first mm. half is this world for whatever reason, and they completely ignore. Uh, last week we talked about, you know, holding back information and holding back key facts. Yeah. Like we very much don't find anything about what is actually going on here until later on in the movie. The first half is all about establishing these primary characters, mainly our, yeah. our, our protagonist, what's he called? Hibiki? Hibiki. Hibiki. Mm. Um, and understanding where he's coming from in this world where like he's yeah. lost the people he cares about. Lots of people have lost the people they care about. Although it's a little unclear as to why there are so many people who've lost people. Like I get that it flooded, but it didn't flood instantly mm. and everyone evacuated. They showed that everyone evacuated apart from the incident on the tower which probably killed, well, from what it looks like, probably killed about 50 people or something. It doesn't mm. really show where all of these other people have lost people. Well, Hibiki does talk about um, how so many, so many people died, he says, yeah. in terms of the, uh, oh, well, the instigating incident. Well, then, then it's true. It's yeah. got to be true. If the pretty boy says it, then I believe it will. But how, you know, Hibiki? You know how I go. But how? Oh. But... We know we under, come to understand that this uh, phenomenon with the bubbles happens all over the world at the same time, mm. and you've got to appreciate that the slightest change in rainfall or water level has catastrophic effects. And if that's happening everywhere, all no, at but once, it's but it's not the bubble. The bubbles only popped inside the big bubble, inside Tokyo bubble. Outside of the bubble, they the bubbles didn't pop. <laughs> Saying bubble too much. I don't, I don't bubble, think, bubble, 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 bubble. I don't think they popped outside. I think the whole re- otherwise, what's the point in them going there to do this? Like the, Tokyo inside the bubble is specific because this is where those things were happening. See, I thought Tokyo was specific because of the gravity phenomena, whereas everywhere else the bubbles did still pop. And we do see when by the time the credits roll and the bubbles are all over the world again, those bubbles pop and do produce water. So this this has been this okay. global affecting that wasn't clear. and also again let let's think about Tokyo as a city. Tokyo yes. is very much politan. It's very much focused on the underground and the subway and very narrow streets with lots and lots of cables with lots and lots of electricity running through them at all times. A sudden massive amount of water being added to that pot is going to lead to disaster and yeah. I, I, I mean there, there was a, the there was a lot of disaster wasn't there so you know, yeah I, I have to give credit to the film for them to be like oh this big incident happened and yes lots of people died because there's a lot of very old people in japan who are just not going to get out of the way of that <laughs> they're just gonna suddenly there's a flood and don't give me old don't add old die. people to the list they don't count when it comes to making orphans <laughs> oh jeez well they, well they don't do they they're I not mean, gonna true, have true but dark (laughs) (laughs) yeah but my question is we never any of the other characters we never address what happened to their families what happened to their parents and i don't Ah. think it was clear enough like the whole point is that the people that are going there don't have a family they don't have like one of the kids literally says i wish i had parents to tell me not to do this and i'm like i don't know where your parents are clearly they've died and maybe translation issue oh really because 
So, so you watch dub, I assume. Oh yeah? yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So you're talking about the, the blonde kid. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So in the sub, he, he never really references his parents. He might do like for a couple of lines, but the main thing he goes, Oh, how was I raised? Is what he says. Or like, Oh, who would raise somebody like this? And it's, and then no, the big, the joke is, oh, I was raised by these guys, these other delinquents, basically. Yeah. And I don't know, for me, I thought the message was quite clear that Tokyo, even though it's this symbol of power and it's the capital, we get fed in the opening monologue, oh, Tokyo isn't the capital anymore. Yes, yeah. It's now a space where these disenfranchised youths who don't conform, they don't want to be part of Japan's very regimented society can get away and just live day to day channeling this adrenaline in terms of the battle core badass name for parkour battles by the way i I mean (laughs) smash two words together yeah could pretty basic but you know who doesn't want to have a good game battle core but these youths who don't want to just fit into regular society whether it's a disability whether it is because they don't want to just go and join office lines or whatever, come to the freest place on the planet where not even gravity holds them down. It's this entire <laughs> thing. It's like a metaphor. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, yeah, you see it. For being able to be who you truly are. Nah, and I thought that, that was the idea. Like, it's not, they're not all orphans. That would be very specific. But... They've chosen to not. I don't know. Be part of their family. I'm. I'm gonna say they are. Like that kid definitely is. He says he, the oh, line. Yeah. The line is when um, Hibiki or Hibiki goes back right at the climax to save Uta, mm-hmm. and they all put on the vests. He goes. I wish I had parents to tell me not to do this or to stop me from doing this. That's literally what he says. And it's. I'm sure it's in the dub. Yeah. So like, well, you 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 could put that so, either way, couldn't you? It's like I wish my parents were here or whatever. But it, he was probably an orphan, either way. Mm. Especially if he's been raised for the past five years, because it was a five-year gap yeah, between this. between the incident and the and that. Like, mm. he if he's disenfranchised, then there's questions around his home life if he's leaving at like six to to then go off yeah. and live with these guys. Very true. Um, yeah. What did you think to uh, battle core? And oh. the, the the main crux of it, so cool, so cool, right? I, 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 yeah. I mean, we 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 talked about it. What was it? What was the free running one we looked at? Oh, Prince of Stride. Yeah, like this is what Prince of Stride should have been. Like should have been. <laughs> this is this is the rotoscoped <laughs> goddess that we needed for for Prince of Stride. Like you just I see everything. You see the my rotoscoped goddess. <laughs> You see the camera pan around in midair as it's getting all the angles. It's time to music. It's a dance in the sky. Like, it is insanely ridiculous and unbelievable. And just also, like, I, I don't like... I, I get the symbolism. <laughs> like, this, this, this film is full to the brim of symbolism and metaphors. And I get the symbolism of them doing it in unison as like this choreographed um what what what's the da- what's the water dance routine that they do when it's like like water gymnastics where they do this this sort of um oh synchronized you know, synchronized swimming yeah yeah synchronized swimming yeah. um like the the synchronicity of them 
bouncing through the sky on these rocks. But the rocks aren't fl- flying through the air to accommodate your dance routine. And your yet they, parkour. <laughs> yet they still manage to, at the same time, find <laughs> pieces of bubble or the rock or material <laughs> so that they are matching each other's movements perfectly. Um, it's a bit on the nose. Uh, and the fact that... Oh, well, no, we'll get into that later on because that's that's the second part of the this. But um, the parkour, mm-hmm. the animation, really enjoyed. Yeah, awesome quality. What about you? Absolutely, completely agree. Um, especially the sequences with uh, Hibiki early on and towards oh, the end. Yeah. I like the way that the camera seems to almost lock into place a fixed distance behind him, mm-hmm. so you you can always tell what's happening. I think there was yeah. a very yes. real threat that you could get lost with what he's doing because there's a lot of very complex actions and complex movements and the terrain itself is difficult to kind of keep your um bearings of what's going on but by locking the camera behind them and using a combination of 3d environments and 2d character animation we get this really smooth flowing animation and I'll admit there are some moments where it looks a little bit janky mm. um, in the way that Hibiki or any number of the free runners interact with the environment. But there's so much of it. There's so much of it. Holy like, crap. It is stunning. This yeah. is like, I don't know what they're feeding the animators over at Wit Studio, but God damn. It's, it's so- just gorgeous. And, it's so different to when you compare it to like an Attack on Titan and stuff. Like it's just such a different style, True. and it's, it just shows their range, really, doesn't it? Like it's an, it's incredible that they Absolutely. can go from one extreme to the other and still like hit top draw. Absolutely. Like it, thinking back to season, I guess season three of Attack on Titan, the, like the moment, the standout piece of Attack on Titan, Titan, Titan? Attack Titan. on Titan. Uh, animation that really stands out to me is that scene where levi is escaping from kenny and he does the whole mm. through the streets yeah, yeah. And he gets cut up and he's over the boxes and he lands in the saloon yeah like you can just, almost see how that paved yeah. the way for what we see here because they almost have that a in- bit of a fixed fixed camera angle don't they as they sort of follow him through yeah yeah like in front of, but in front of him it's it's the really interesting to see how wit studio have taken what they've been highly praised for and polished it up into something completely new. It's just, I could go on forever about talking about my favorite cuts here, there and everywhere in this film, but I, you have to understand that this film is bloody gorgeous. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, it like is the opening scene, phenomenal to look at, like even without the running, the opening scene when um, Uta comes and, and, and rescues him out, out of the bus. Yeah. Um, which we obviously see again later on. Um, with a bit more context, she, th- that the sunlight coming through the water, the the, the yep. detail and everything around, it's it's gorgeous, and you know really really enjoyed it and the aesthetic and everything. But that is very much the first half of this movie, and mm. really enjoyed that. And they don't, and for a surprisingly long time, they don't go into anything with like what's happening with these bubbles or. Anything like that? Mm. I can't. I don't. I haven't got the timestamp of when Uta comes in. Do you have in your head vaguely? Uh, for me, it's quite late that she sort of appears. Uta comes in after the first parkour battle and after 
Hibiki's first attempt up the Tokyo Tower. So I think yeah. we're looking about maybe 20, 30 minutes into this hour 40 film that Uta yeah. actually appears. Okay. And from there, we start to get her as... We, we start to go into montage mode once she appears. Um, yeah, about, I, I would say maybe 20, 30 minutes until mm. she turns up. So let's talk about Uta because she comes in and basically changes the She's dynamic. Feral. Yeah, she is feral. She she comes in and changes the <laughs> dynamic of this group because they she saves um Hibiki from mm-hmm. drowning basically and we see her as this bubble. So she is a con- a bubble with sentience. Sentience? Is that a word? <laughs> yes. Sentience, yeah. Um <laughs> sorry just my mind just sorry, went no, burr. You know, but you, but you've also just said like a sentence that i didn't think i'd ever hear in my entire life just like like just casually just going so she's a bubble that has sentience and i'm like i mean I, <laughs> okay I'm not, I mean, I'm not technically yes yeah but is it that far away from rimuru <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, but at least Rumuru got cool powers when he ate stuff. That's true. He didn't just So this <laughs> this bubble turns into a woman for some reason, which we don't know why she has this ability. Like none of the other bubbles mm. have this ability, but apparently or she able does. To do anything. Or able, yeah. yeah. They're able to just float around and pop occasionally and then some of them are red and they're they're bad bubbles. Um, they're bad bubbles. Ooh, yes. Look out for bad red bubbles. Ooh. Yeah. Um and she she floats down to save him, sees a picture of this girl on the side of the bus, which is lucky they didn't see, like, Pluto or, like, you know, Mickey Mouse on there. And then you just got, like, Mickey Mouse. Could you imagine the these... copyright? <laughs> well, God. they managed it with Coke and Fanta and everything else in this bloody thing. Don't forget Aquarius and also uh, oh, yeah. every other soft drink under the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the hey, copyright would have you... been fine. You've got to pay for this movie somehow. <laughs> Very true. So she turns into this picture of a girl and mm-hmm. there's your, your fan fit, your fan sort of service uh, as she saves him. Yeah. She's Blows dressed bubbles. up as like an idol. Yeah. Gives him a, a little smoochy smooch to give him some air. Yeah. And how come her lips don't immediately get covered in bubbles? You know what? That is a very good question that the film has no time for. No. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the film's just like, it, it looked really Look, weird. we made a very specific rule. <laughs> yeah. She touches him. She will start to turn into bubbles. From the However, point of touch. In, yeah. <laughs> From the Maybe point of contact. they were underwater. Maybe. Oh, so she's protected by the water. Um, no, mm. bullshit. Like, no. I don't oh. know. Um, so she saves him and then... Like, I don't know. Yeah, He's yeah. Like I to mean, she raise was this feral bubble creature. Yeah, who, who runs around who, like a cat and can't who had speak. the had the awareness to know to give him oxygen via the mouth, but then also mm. not have any awareness of how to walk like a human or act or like a person. Else. Um. So yeah, she despite she's, intrinsically being linked to him as well as later in the film we find out like yeah she's and she's the Little Mermaid. Look, I'll say it right now. She is the little mo. Right, okay. <laughs> Very specific note that I made. It took me thirty minutes, and them literally saying, "Hey, look, it's the Little Mermaid story," for me to go. Oh, 
Is this an allegory for the little mermaid? <laughs> I mean, yes, I don't think that's bad. Yes, it was. No, that's fine. That's fine because there were, there, they, it is, they, it's abstract enough. It is very abstract to sort of uh, up to that point. There is no context for that whatsoever. And then you start pointing it out and they start hitting you over the head with it. And it's like, okay. Yeah, yeah they I lean into it, it hard. It. Yeah. And you feel really clever for, for working it out as they tell you. <laughs> so they say, no, no, no. As they read this, the story of the Little Mermaid to you. Yeah, they, realize, they literally oh, read it along with the plot of this movie. And it's like, oh, there's, yeah, okay. And then in case oh, you haven't got it. Voice. In case you haven't got it, she literally stands there and goes, I'm the little mermaid. You're the prince. You're the prince. <laughs> you're the prince. I'm the little. You get it now? You see what's happening here? Okay, good. Let's go. And the, that's, the, yeah. that's the story. And then you go, oh, no, tragedy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't seen the little mermaid in God knows how many years. And I genuinely don't know the plot. I, I, it's one of those ones that sort of escaped me. And I feel like I must have seen at some point, but never really followed i don't I, I couldn't tell you the plot yeah apart i from, mean there's a evil like you know the plot in the sense that she loves the prince and wants can't have the yeah. prince but as far as she, i know she turns into a woman at some point but yeah she gets her she gets land legs but she can't speak it's like she trades her books uh, for the ability oh to speak. yes okay and then, yeah interesting if she speaks or if she or i think she, like she doesn't like the contract so if <laughs> so she, she takes it to tribunal and yeah. like <laughs> it ends up in the there's a whole in, in the big crown thing. court like, they, they settled out of court yeah like, like they don't like to talk about it in public anymore yeah you know that there were some big figures that's, being thrown around there that sounds like that sounds like a family guy's like skit where like <laughs> they, they, it's like yeah there were little mermaid in court and yeah there's, there's definitely something there anyway yeah so Little Mermaid is this. Is this? Um, I mean, did that work for you? In terms, yeah, sure. Like the themes they were going. Yeah, sure. What a glowing review. (laughs) Well, I don't. I feel like so much was left unanswered. Yeah, like I think from what I take away from it, and again, I'm not probably as in tune with this film as I perhaps should have been. Perhaps there's a lot more obvious things, but I didn't really, I was just trying to, all in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, how am I going to talk about this um, with Sam? Mm. And so I I may have missed certain bits, but for what I can work out with the second half of this movie is she, these bubbles are from space, I think. I don't feel confident. What a beautifully out of context clip. I don't. They, so, so bubbles. Like, right, it out. looks like they're very much they're from space. <laughs> they're very, they're very much in space, and they're going all the way up, like some sort of Doctor Who. So it reminded me of the the drones that come down from Doctor Who from the the what's he called the master or whatever he's called his shit oh all these yeah from drones. the end of the universe yeah he's got all the little yeah yeah and they sort of fly down in the spiral in the perfect like as soon as i saw that at the beginning of the film i was like hey fibonacci sequence hey the golden spiral i know this stuff this love is, it the golden ratio we're the gold, yes it's exactly every yeah. time boys yeah it, exactly right like this is um 
I, I, it's a cool concept. It's a cool idea. Like it's, it's in religion, theology, you know, maths everywhere. Mm. Um, you see it all over and it's cool. It's a cool thing. You see it in the galaxies, you see it in the smallest shell as they, yeah. as they point out for, for those of you that are on know about that, that's, you know, really for people that are aware of it, I think it's really cool. But mm. I think a lot of people aren't aware of that. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't expect everybody to know about the golden ratio and things like that. So, yeah, they don't actually go into a lot of detail about that. I think if you come, in, if you know about that, then there's probably a bit more nuance to it. But an extra layer there for you. But without that extra layer, I don't think there's a base. I think mm. it's very hard to sort of follow what they're talking. <laughs> Like, I mean, the show, I get what well, show, I get, I get the movie goes out of its way a lot of the time to try and explain this idea of how spirals recur in nature. Yeah. And how even from reboot like, atoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this idea of everything is kind of cyclical and it will always return to the grand spiral and come, come back around. But then I feel that the metaphors they used were a bit. I don't know. I, I don't understand how the, I don't understand how the it. bubbles then caused that because they basically destroyed a city and are still around in the world after the fact. They haven't really reset anything apart from stopping causing destruction and allowing humans to try and rebuild one city. Like the rest of the world hasn't been reset. They've just had a big flood and now have to deal with it. That's not yeah, really enough they don't to have say a weird that they gravity phenomenon taking yeah. place in their city. Like, like that's not enough to then say, "Oh, look, it's all a metaphor." These, or even if it's not a metaphor, it's not enough to say, "Look, this is what's happening here. The bubbles have come. Mm. They have caused this thing, and now humanity has to reset." Like a Doctor Stone incident, that would yeah. be more more appropriate, where humanity has to start over from scratch knowing what they know and try and maybe do it better. You know, those sort of films and things happen all the time. It's almost like they try to do this, but haven't even gone all the way. They haven't done it. And it's just... Yeah, they've not committed enough to it. But also, like, everything that they're showing for this cycle of, of, I guess, the human cycle of violence and revenge and death that Uta learns about, and they hit you with, oh, look, child soldiers. And a guy was literally about to shoot a child in the face. And there's a plague or there's this, that, the next thing. And they're using very heavy-handed imagery to try and get this idea of that the world cycling. Is bad and yeah. But they, it's just, I don't know. It just feels very heavy for a movie about parkour bubble bouncing. But also that, they're just pointing things out. Look at all this destruction. Okay, how does that affect the plot of the Do movie? I... Yeah. Does any of that change? Absolutely not. D- does Uta's character change? No, she's still a feral weird thing that bites eggs and eats calling cards. Like, Do do these events stop taking place because there are now bubbles in the air? I mean, like, I'm not sure what the... I mean, the ending of the film... I, and that is a very good point that you raise there. Do these events stop? At the end of the film, the guy who's about to shoot a child in the face... His lens is covered by the bubbles. Oh, but oh, I guarantee yeah. you, yeah. thirty seconds after the camera pans away, he's just going to go look down at the scope and go, "Hey, look, he's not holding the gun anymore." Pop. Yeah, it's so bizarre to me 
that but they also, use these bubbles as are they yeah. are they so is that illustrating that the bubbles are there the bubbles are the good guys all along and that they're trying to help humanity in some way like but, why have the bubbles yeah. gone onto his lens i thought they weren't sentient i thought there was only one that was but what then was- there also seems to be like a reflection of her that is maybe sentient that is her she calls sister? it the sister yeah but- that wants her back for some reason. It seems to be more of like a collective consciousness. Or yeah, like, exactly. Like a hive. Or, but it only affects certain bubbles because there's only a certain amount of red bubbles, but then there are also still good, yeah. they're good like the, quote unquote, neutral like the, blue bubbles. Yeah. And then they all want to have her back. It's almost like, are they going along a sort of um, equilibrium? Like she broke the equilibrium by turning into a human. Like it all... It all seems to culminate with the fact that their interaction, um, Hibiko, Hibiki, Hibiki's, Hibiki. and mm-hmm. Uta's Uta. interaction caused this gravitational explosion yeah, in the right. first place, created the bubble. And the only way to offset that is for her to go back to the mothership <laughs> and mm. <laughs> for, <laughs> to reintegrate. To reintegrate. And she ends up resisting that like she goes there resists it and then saves him and therefore sacrifices herself to save him sending her to the mothership anyway that she was so she's she has to sacrifice yeah it's so and then she comes back as a bizarre. bubble who it, it yeah maybe it's her but maybe it isn't it's like is if it he didn't true form if, if he didn't go there does she just get assimilated like when they when they're so, she's sort of there she looks a bit uncomfortable and she sort of like looks like she's resisting the system mm. when they're sort of like face on face yeah bubble on bubble i don't understand what happens if what are they trying to do is she is the sister trying to pull her back in and she's resisting mm-hmm. because what happens if she is pulled back in because everyone's saying that this is going to be like another catastrophe like however many years ago but why would it be I thought unless the whole... she resists? Yeah, like if she just goes back, that's bringing balance back to the force. Yeah, it's it's very bizarre, and you know what? It's very Urobochi to write in this abstract and almost uncomprehensible way. <laughs> um, I th- this is the same guy that wrote, I believe. Rinse me if I'm wrong. I think he wrote Madoka Magica. Okay, so. That mm. very bizarre and otherworldly. You know what's going to happen. Meddling. People, people are going to analyze this, and there's going to be like a narrative that people push. That's like, oh, it's clearly about this, and this is, means this, and this means this, and then from then on, everyone's going to be like, oh yeah, it's all about this. It's a brilliant film. It's a brilliant film. But watching this cold, watching this without anyone overanalyzing it, doesn't make much sense. It's very hard to follow yeah. and track and sort of understand what they're going with. The visuals of this film and the soundtrack mm. of this film and the presentation of this film are god tier they're mm. very very high the plot and the romance and kind of everything else that makes a movie good is kind of crap if i'm being <laughs> perfectly honest um what it reminds me of and i have the same feeling about this film that i had with another show that we talked about um earlier is violet evergarden right in terms of 
Yeah. The productions and the visuals and everything mm-hmm. look very, very nice. Yeah. But I'm just not invested enough and things just don't make sense or they're bouncing off or it's too high concept. And fine. Maybe I'm a dumbass and I'm just like yeah, not yeah. getting exactly. the intent, like the creator intended. But again, like you said, coming in cold, it's just there's too much up in the air and too much that isn't explained. There are those. To be able to say that this is a genuinely incredible movie yeah, which i the, want to be able to do because of the talent and the team behind it yeah and and the the concept is interesting enough like it's so bizarre this free-running city and everything you know whatever, whatever mm. the whole thing the whole spiel is is it, it, it's, it's got something but i think you get these pieces of media whether it's movies songs books especially that like years mm. down the line people go Oh, this was a really good metaphor for this, or it was a really good look at society. It was an underrated book. People didn't appreciate it in its time. And there's every chance that I just don't get what this is trying to do. And someone has either online already or in time to come will pick out some stuff that just like blows people's minds and goes, this was actually meaning that. And that meant that, and that will be mm. great. And I will appreciate it. If, if anyone knows of that and like can sort of, shed light on what this is really trying to achieve um then, then great i'll uh i'll listen wholeheartedly but at the minute it does yeah. just feel a bit hit and miss um mm-hmm. i think the, the the strongest message that i could get from this was the idea of the youth being allowed to do what they want to do and even by the end of the film, by the time the credits roll and the bubbles are starting to fade away and Tokyo is starting to be restored to the way that it used to be. Yeah, they're still there. These free runners are still able to run and still be free. And there's that change almost of allowing them to do that. And that if I was to sum up the film's core message, like the moral message of this film, that would be it. It would be about letting the younger generations thrive, be different, be I don't know. I mean, it feels Freak. a very millennial way of looking at it, Sam. When De- oh, oh, definitely, and again, <laughs> that's the lens that I'm coming at this film yeah. through. I've, I've become more cynical the more I've sort of heard criticisms of millennials and the way that we do sort of <laughs> want to have become fairly self-aware of like our position in society, and people want mm. like to have to enjoy life for what it is and to sort of make the most of it and to be themselves. It's all very well and good, but if if that was legitimately the case in this universe, everyone's just free running. Well, no one's building those buildings back. No one's helping society restart. And as much as, Mm. as much as they want to be free and have fun, uh, there's a certain responsibility to society and to mankind um, to sort of Mm. help contribute in some way. Um, yeah, again, it's it's a very muddied metaphor Mm. and especially like we even see that those workers who come back are older and it is just the youth who are still running around and causing problems. Like if we think of it from a practical standpoint, (laughs) (laughs) those damn youths, Um, those damn youths, but like, yeah. And it's interesting that it's written by somebody who's probably pushing his fifties. Mm. And this is the message that he's trying to get across. It kind of like thinking of it from 
that standpoint? Is that what is what is he trying to say about? I think the there is state of society. I've just had a thought that potentially there's another theme that you know humankind will go on doing their things and the status quo and the spiral will continue around them. Like the blue, the the bubbles don't change. The bubbles remain. Mm. The bubbles have this impact. And, you know, humans tried to interfere in that he, well, didn't try, but inadvertently interfered, but then everything ended up reestablishing itself anyway. And they have to live their life according to the world around them, not the other way around. And potentially Mm. sort of don't, you know, don't always, you, we can't control everything and yeah. potentially just going with the cycle of life, that sort of m- way of looking at it a little bit, because they end up free running just as they were at the beginning. So they they stay doing mm. the same thing. They end up just embracing the bubbles, the fact that they're there and just existing and society yeah. builds itself around that. Um, so maybe there's something in that. Yeah. Why... Why does her singing have a backing track? <laughs> she starts singing and then there's like a beat that kicks in and, and it turns into a full orchestra. Like, what? That's just the power of Sawano, man. You know, yeah. you bring him in, a single vocal uh, artist can suddenly become an idol. Also, what was really interesting yes. uh, looking at the cast was that the uh, Hibiki and Uta were both voiced... Uh, by absolute newcomers to the uh, anime industry in terms of Japanese voice actors. Uh, They are more known for their live action work and their idol work. So actual like creating songs anyway. Yeah. So they got a real singer to voice Uta, which is probably why uh, she's relegated to mostly grunts and (laughs) um, single words throughout the film. So about their relationship then, between those two main characters. I, okay. I don't mind it. I don't mind. I hated it. It's not that I agree with their relationship. I think it's a, an unusual relationship in, to say the least. But when, mm-hmm. when Uta disappears at the end, I did feel there'd been enough invested in their relationship and their yeah. growth for him to really feel that loss and that connection go. So I, and I thought the voice acting for that bit when he's sort of bawling on the side and screaming for Uta, mm. I thought that did hit and did land. And I thought, yeah, the, the relationship itself is weird, but the whole film's weird. I think they, they built up, they <laughs> built it up nicely in sort of how that developed. Cause he was very sort of standoffish at first. And then he sort of taught her yeah. how to speak. He kind of opened her up. Names, and then he it's sort of, yeah. He, yeah, he opened up. You heard his backstory and stuff like that. So I thought, yeah, your thoughts? I agree that final scene where he's, especially when he's trying to like scoop the bubbles back up. You could see it coming. Yeah. It hurts like, and it's delivered in a very good way, but I just didn't believe in the romance enough. I think. Okay. If, if it had just been. Because the concept that they uh, give to each other is before I met you, I wasn't me. Yeah. And meeting you allowed me to be my true self. Yeah. That's what they say to each other at various points in the film. And I think if they just kept it at that, and yeah. it was like a platonic relationship and there was no romance involved with it, I think that would have hit me a bit more because it was just them being able to just bring out the best in each other. My problem is that 
from like she again like but it's the little mermaid introduced it's a little mermaid mermaid. they have to fall in love i care i don't care what i'm saying is like she's introduced too late for her to be like an established love interest by the time she turns up yeah and the focus on the parkour and the mystery takes up more time than developing their romance. We're left for a montage and then her flashing back to scenes that we haven't seen. <laughs> As viewers, we didn't get to see Uta watching uh, Hibiki brush his teeth or cook her dinner or do whatever. We, we got glimpses here and there. I feel it would be better served to just be like, oh, she's turned up. Yep. She's a quirky person who brings him out of his shell. He introduces her to all these aspects of human life that she would never have experienced otherwise. And the loss is that of a a relative or a close friend versus trying to force this romance. I I agree 100% with what you're saying. I think there's enough, enough of that side of it. I don't think the, Mm. the, 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 the focus on romance is heavy from her side. But I think with him, he is more grateful. I feel like it's not as overt. I mean, that's how I interpret it. I think, I think, there's defi- I think mm. they're definitely going for a double-sided romance. I'm not saying that, that they're not. Yeah, yeah. But I think there's enough sort of distance between them to interpret his side of it is that she's helped him so much. Um, I don't know. I think I can ignore that like last hurdle yeah. of romance. Um, because okay. they don't actually get together. They don't actually sort of... <laughs> because she dies. Because <laughs> she's a bubble. Because <laughs> the only female... The second my, female character of the film die. <laughs> my my wife is a bubble. Um, that's the, the next the next wow. series. Um, <laughs> that time I got reincarnated as a bubble. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is basically slime. <laughs> um, uh, okay, cool. Right, we're at 50 minutes, Sam. All do right. we want? And how do we want to wrap this up? Have you got any odds and ends before we sort of move? Into I feel the like this is the movie of odds and ends. To be yes, honest, yes, yeah. Um, is our galaxy like, actually going to collide with Andromeda in four point five billion? The years? Andromeda galaxy. I, I guess so. It's a very, very. Uh, what's the what's the word? It's not narcissistic. That's completely different. What's the what's what's the one? Um, um, I know what you mean. Sort of like end of the world no hope sort of yeah th- there is no uh is it is it nietzsche nietzsche no idea the guy with the big mustache anyway basically yeah the scientist talking about how we're all doomed anyway so yeah. what's the point yeah again well that's the thing the, this, this very film, heavy themes this film made me feel quite sad because it, it is yeah. it is that cycle of life like okay we're doing all this and then it's just all going to reboot anyway um yeah it doesn't matter doesn't matter and and just the scale of everything whenever you start thinking about like the scale of existence that how time has gone on for billions of years and we are just a but speck you know of what dust. you can tell a story like that and you can do it in a hopeful way like we've referenced it a few times throughout the episode but dr stone yeah, yeah. everything humanity has ever made is worthless and will crumble if we're not there <laughs> but you know yeah. what as long as there's a couple of people who want to do better you can mm. like yeah. You don't have to be so defeatist. As long as there's a thick plank of wood and a crazy scientist, you can do anything. <laughs> as long as you've got somebody with the entirety of human scientific knowledge installed in their brain. And someone who can break can things. Survive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, I liked the uh, what were they called? It was Tombstone, Deathbed, something. What was it? The Morticians. antagonist team. Yeah, the Morticians. They, that's what they said right at the beginning, and then they changed their name almost instantly. Undertaker. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, um, you I like them? Liked. I. I, I didn't they like that. Creepy. I didn't like that the that our protagonists were able to use the boots like straight away. Like, surely you need a bit oh, of yeah, yeah. a learning curve there. Training. Yeah. How are they healed? And that, and that they look I like mean, high heels. Do they have to like dip it into the water? <laughs> yeah, high heels. <laughs> Slay queen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I thought them as antagonists, again, speaking of the movie as two halves, I, th- I feel that there is a very significant climax uh, at the like 45 minute mark where they beat the Undertaker group mm. um, in the race to get the scientists back. Yeah, yeah. And I feel you could end the film there. Yeah, well, I, w- I was thinking as I was going through this, I don't, I'm not learning anything about, you know, until we sort of get to quite literally the last third, we don't really learn a lot about what has happened to this world. And it'd be quite mm. interesting to see this really bizarre world we never find out anything about it. And there was just this self-contained, ground, grounded, down-to-earth story that just plays through a few weeks of this these guys' life. And the whole focus is on them excelling as runners and yeah. saving the day against these bad guys. These bad guys. And, like, yeah, that would be fun. And it would be really bizarre to see it in a... And maybe, like, that opens the door for, like, sequels and a trilogy or something mm. that told this longitudinal story. But, like, to have that... That'd be really unique, I think. But they didn't. I'd, so. I would be perfectly happy getting yeah. more of these movies, just focusing on, I, you know, the team's just day to day survival, like, like a sports, like a sports anime, like almost where exactly you, you follow the skills and you they they develop and they have these challenges, these teams they have to beat, and then it becomes national and international. You know, the typical. Exposition. We see the training. We yeah. get to see like the the dynamic of the team. I feel the, an aspect of this that was very underutilized was the fact that it was teams of five, and mm. we only ever got to kind of focus on Hibiki and Kai and the the young guy, yeah. the glasses guy who was meant to be mm. like kind of the brains of the operation, and the big buff guy, yeah, who was basically I guess the stand-in for the third year in any other sports anime. <laughs> Just th- there was nothing to them. And then when they had the big, well, I don't think end, I don't I even think feel him, anything for it. Yeah, I don't even think the glasses guy was even the brains. I think he was just an extra member because the the leader, the guy who was organising everything, was um that was the blonde long the the was Kai. Oh, was uh, Kai. Yeah, yeah. Like he was the one dictating which direction. You know, you guys are going to be the distraction. You guys are going to do this. He was the yeah sort of brains of the and Shin obviously was the overarching, like his badassery. I have to say, yeah. in terms of, like, inclusiveness, I think that this film does a really good job of, like, showcasing people with disabilities. Like, the entire thing of Hibiki being hypersensitive to noise, and yeah. then we've got a person who's uh, missing their leg, and then even the way that he's animated. Yeah, I was going to say, that was a that was a shot, like a nice shock to see that animation, the way he was stumbling and adapting to the run. With you... His- in 2022, we have a film where somebody with a disability is not only given one of the like the p- 
peak scenes of a film yeah, with top tier animators. Was but they also don't just go, oh yeah, the robot like means that he's he runs normally. He still <laughs> has a, yeah, like yeah. a change to his gait and he still does really well. It's phenomenal. I just <laughs> and there's so much of this film, like even for the fact that Uta loses different parts of her body throughout, like her arm goes and her and yeah, yeah. her legs, like both of her arms. It's nobody talks I, I guess I don't know or like yeah, ridicules it talks or, that the bubble girl has know. lost a bubble arm there, there is a bit of a weird moment where they're just like oh yeah we won we beat it here's a big party is anybody going to go check up on Uta like she literally doesn't have an arm anymore <laughs> also she doesn't have an arm they notice she doesn't have an arm and then later when he grabs her other hand or something happens he grabs her again and then he's like what's going on <laughs> like now's now yeah. you're now you're concerned <laughs> Okay, I mean, what do you think happened last time? But, okay, is he just like super okay with very grievous bodily harm? Happening? He, he just thought he'd crushed her arm and it just obliterated. <laughs> I was just so strong. Wait, oh no, there's more to it than this. Okay, mm-hmm. um, okay. What else? Uh, what do you think of the Siri voice for the the bad guys? Oh, weird. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really get it. I don't, I don't understand. Like streamers, but also, but is that like them? Telepathic. I, I guess they're making money off of the parkour. But but it, is it telepathic? How does that voice thing work? That's a very good question. Because they, she's not talking. Because we see it without the mask. We see her do it at the end without the mask. Yeah, and, and the voice thing talks. <laughs> so who's talking? <laughs> ha ha! Yeah. I don't know. No. I'm sure someone's thought about it for far too long and come up with a detailed explanation. So make sure you let us know if you if you know why the Siri is able to talk by itself. Um, Very good. Uh, before we move on to our questions, I yep. want you to tell me your favourite moment of the movie. Because I feel like we've been fairly negative. And before we okay. get to the questions, I want us to kind of like think about... Because there are very good positives to this. Mm. What was the moment that stood out to you in your brain uh, the most? Um, the initial run by Hibiki was awesome when he sort of saves... Where he saves the kid. Saves the kid. I thought that was really cool. Like when he drops, Mm. when he drops off the side of the building and sort of just goes straight into his run. That's so dynamic and so cool. So good. Um, and I think probably, um, Shin's... Shin's run, I think, along the thing that like that was so dynamic and so cool. Um, his twists and turns, and it was like, was it was it a fixed camera front on for a lot of it as well? I feel like I remember him sort of running towards the camera. Maybe I'm just misremembering. Yeah, but. he runs towards the camera, but it, what's really nice is that the camera pans around. So you yeah, get yeah, yeah, yeah. Three sixty of how he's running. Yeah, and adapt and how how his running's adapted to the fact that he's got this prosthetic. Is it amazing? Is it a bit on the nose and a bit uh, ironic that he's called Shin and has definitely lost his shin? I mean, in English-speaking countries, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, I mean, I'm sure they won't go. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, it's much. definitely there. Um, anything? And what about you then? What's your favourite scene or favourite bit? Okay. There's two bits that stick out in my mind. The is it when she crushes the eggs? Is, 
I love ch- I I love chickens, and I was deeply offended that uh, she would just blatantly just crush eggs in her hand. Mm. Uh, no, the the big one for me, the big two, uh, I should say for me is there's a, an insane cut when Uta is f- uh, facing off against two of the masked people. She's in the air and she's bouncing off of the bubbles. Oh and yeah, sort of rocks, she- and there is just this. I don't know who animated it, but it was one of the best. I had to play it five times over because it's just her (laughs) dodging and jumping off of these two guys. But the way that it's animated, it almost feels kind of like old school Disney in terms of this, like there's a real sense of flow to Mm. what's happening. Right. She's bouncing around off of people and there's like the stretch and the cameras spinning. And it's just like, how can human beings produce this just drawings. <laughs> it's insane yeah um and the second one is the end of the hibiki and uta run where the leader of the masked people is just about to go and get hibiki and then the music she- just cuts out and uta just drops steps on the face drop kicks yeah. this guy so basically you just like then- uta demolishing the the bad guys the masked people yeah but that's it but but the reason i like that so much is because as she then kicks off the sawano soundtrack kicks in in full force (laughs) and the music drops yeah and it's just like everything that i love about anime is encapsulated in this scene yeah that's that's fair that's it for me all right well that's that's it from him let's should we move into the big questions let's do it Okay, so we usually do things a little bit differently when we do movies. Uh, we yeah. tend to just kind of talk about overall, would we show this film uh, to somebody? So we can still go through our big three, uh, okay. concept and execution. We can still talk about turnoffs and we can still talk about, I, well, we can't really would say. Would we recommend it? Would we, we recommend more, it, I think. But would we recommend? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what do you think? Concept, execution, how's Bubble looking? Okay, okay. So I think this is very much... Zero in one column, ten in the other potentially, or maybe Ooh. not, not not ten, because again, to overcome some of the the, the difficulties <laughs> we've got with the concept, you have to make the concept make sense. So for concept itself, I think it doesn't make sense. The initial concept, the world building, is really cool, but I yeah. don't think you can do that in isolation without the second half of the movie, which is just a bit existential and metaphoric and weird so i think yeah not great the execution brings it up a lot because of the animation because of the you know Mm -hmm. directing and stuff like that um and the music so it almost saves it but i think yeah when i get when we get to turn offs there's obvious reasons why i don't think it's quite at that where it needs to be what about you i'd say concept wise i think the concept is very good um Mm mm-hmm Zero G parkour, highly animated singing, post apocalypse, whatever po- post apocalypse. Tokyo is almost like specifically focus group written to get people into like want to watch this. Yeah, um, I think that the execution is to kind of match you. I think it's ten in one, zero in another to kind of break execution down into two separate categories. I think. In terms of music and animation, stellar. Some of the best that I've seen. 
Yeah. In terms of execution of plot in this world, it doesn't, I just, it doesn't land. It, it misses the mark for yep. me. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and trying to be too heavy handed with the, the allegories to the little mermaid and whatever. I think it's very heavy handed with its themes and it could have just, if maybe even just like kind of come off the gas a bit with that and just kind of leaned into it's its own thing. We don't need to, we don't have to link it to an existing fairy tale. <laughs> we could have maybe just existed with this weird bubble anime, but instead we're forced to kind of be beat around the head with, it's the little mermaid. Don't you get it? She's the princess. She's Ariel. <laughs> Love this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, Turn offs, 50, I would turn say. Turn I think that's, um, that, those are the big things, isn't it? It's that, it's that, um, mm. incoherent narrative that we just find hard to follow and track. Um, and it's the second half of the movie. Yeah. It? It's, yeah. it's as soon as it tries to concept wise and execution wise, again, that, that first half up until Uta gets there. And even when Uta's there for a little bit is brilliant. Just the daily lives of these parkour boys doing parkour things. As soon as it tries to get into this 4D territory of alien bubbles. Yeah. Like any passion for it disappears and you can still have the cool scenes, but I feel like you'd lose your audience. I agree. I agree. Um, So... I don't think I would recommend this. I think if you want to see some like stellar animation and stuff and you enjoy these, um, these the studio and you know, the people that you said they're involved, give it a try, go for it. But I wouldn't recommend this to a noob. I think it's too abstract, too unusual. And, um, I don't think the high quality parts of this are good enough to save it. I agree. I think it gets too heady in the final half and if you're a complete novice coming in then it's just gonna wash over you yeah um did you put this on any list yet because obviously it's brand new so i have not no. i actually watched this uh this morning um mm. beforehand so oh we can do a live oh okay right giving. okay what are you gonna do this is all on you it's all on me talk through your process I think I am going to give it a 7.5. Wow, that my, is high. My, it's fairly high. My reason being insane animation. Mm. And honestly, like I found myself rewinding this film often just to kind so of you enjoyed it. what was you, happening. Yeah, so, so you're enjoying it. You enjoyed your experience, from a, yeah? From a very technical yeah, yeah. perspective. Yeah. Fair enough. And overall, I would say that I did enjoy it. I, plot-wise, I would say garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it's just, it, it's nonsensical. But versus, uh, like I said earlier, Violet Evergarden, which mm. was just, un- the, the plot was so unengaging that it turned me off the nice visuals. Yeah. At least here, the nice visuals and the insane time traveling dimension hopping bubbles created sequences that i was more engaged in and the human moments that the moment with shin 
having his big moment yeah with kai doing the big like lift and with uh yeah, hibiki yeah. dodging those red bubbles at the end like it created an engaging enough piece of fiction that i wanted yeah, to at least yeah. see how it turned out yeah yeah so that's fair, that's fair. yeah okay seven cool. five Right, well, unfortunately, Bubble, you didn't get into the anniversary, but um, you gave it a good try, and, you know, we, we commend you. But you burst on, at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you did. Um, <laughs> can't think of any of the <laughs> bubble puns. Um, but anyway. It blows. It does blow. <laughs> um, right, we're going to leave it there on that wonderful note. Um, if you... We're going we're gonna to have a quick chat in, in Slice of Life where we talk about something we've been doing this week. Uh, I've got something specific that I want to talk about. So uh, stay, stick around if you want to hear what we're talking about and what we've been up to. Uh, let us know what you think about Bubbles. Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter and let us know your thoughts. Were we too harsh? We were definitely harsh, but like, were we too harsh? Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Let us know what you think and what we should watch next. Uh, if you're not sticking around for Slice of Life, we will see you next week in the universe. Right. Sam, what have you been Hello. up to since last time we spoke? Since so long ago, a week ago. Mm. Have you been up to anything? Peep behind the curtain. <laughs> it's not been a week. We're, we're doing the back to back, but Shh, nobody watches Sam, this segment of the show, so yeah. it doesn't uh-huh. matter. Don't tell anyone. Don't, uh-huh. don't, yeah, don't tell anyone though. I mean, keep the illusion going. In, in fact, unless you have just going. not been up to anything else that you can think of. Uh, See, seasonal I, anime. I saved it. Um, I saved something. <laughs> you saved something special. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Seasonal anime. Uh, oh no, I did. I watched Shin Godzilla. Ah, haven't you already watched that? Yes. Yeah, but I watched it again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> it's very good. Oh, yeah. and I've also been playing uh, Sonic Origins uh, mm. that came out this week, and it's very good. It's the original Sonic games remastered in HD with new abilities and a higher frame rate, and it's great, and I love oh. it. And this damn hedgehog has way too much sway over my entire life. Uh, help yeah. me, I have a problem. Yeah, hence the t-shirt. Um, in Japan, yeah. is it a lot easier to sort of get anime-themed clothing? Uh, yeah, Uniqlo, which is kind of like the biggest. Uh, I guess what's the equivalent in the UK? We have a we have Uniqlo. We have Uniqlo. We have Uniqlo. You have you have Uniqlo. Uniqlo's been here for years. Since when have we had Uniqlo? Like forever. I literally, have never heard of it being in the UK. Like, there's I've, definitely. I've only ever heard of like H and M, I mean, Gap. Yeah, next. but okay, right. I know there's definitely one in London. It might might be just a London thing. Let me look. Uni, oh, I don't want to type it into YouTube. That probably won't come up with anything. Yep. Uniqlo UK um, uh, maps. Maybe it's shut down. Um, Oxford Street, yeah. Uh, Oxford Street. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> the one. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't, you, uh, Blue Water. So, so London, basically. Oh, and Birmingham. Okay, is the one in Birmingham. Oh, in Birmingham. There might be one. Oh, no, that's Onu, which is different, I think. Um, so it might just okay. be London and Oxford, maybe. Um, okay, so anyway. basically, to answer your question, yes, uh, yes Uniqlo does a lot of uh, <laughs> wait, anime what, what, collaborations. What, wait, what's Uniqlo? 
uh, a clothing shop. Oh, okay. Right, okay. Good. Just checking. Yeah. A clothing shop that is only in Birmingham and London. Yeah. And Japan. <laughs> um, cool. Nice. And Japan. Yeah. So I most of my Jujutsu Kaisen t-shirts and I've got some Gundam t-shirts that I got from, uh, from there. Because I'd quite like to yeah. get some anime merch but like i don't want to buy it online as if i'm just nerding out i'd quite like to be like oh that's a cool top i know what that means i'm gonna buy it not like i'm going to go out of my way to shop online for clothing that is probably versus going out of your way to go to a physical store to no no buy. no no i'm actually I'm, I'm gonna just be going out shopping and see it out in the shops when yeah, i'm going so, yeah so going out shopping and still going to a physical store to find yes. these shirts no, like no 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 because i'm just i would argue about going online shopping going, for clothing oh, i like this show no, shut up will this is no, bullshit no 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 there's a big difference because i'm not specifically going out to buy anime clothing i'm just going out to buy clothes and then oh i like that top and i get that reference so i'm gonna buy it it's less nerdy nerdy so primark is what you're telling me because Primark do this all the time. They did like this is where I got the Sonic T-shirt from. This is a Primark okay Sonic shirt. Good. I'll go to Primark then. That's fine. I just want. I, yeah, fine. I'll go to Primark. Maybe that's just Japanese Primark though, or is that old? Is that from years ago? I don't know. Is that from your UK days? Uniqlo's a bit more expensive than Primark. I oh, can't yeah. get three white shirts in a packet for three quid in uh, Uniqlo. That's very true. Also, you didn't know Sad. there was a Uniqlo in England, so I doubt you got that shirt here. Yeah, very true. I don't know what... I don't buy clothes, Will. I don't need to. I've been the <laughs> same you size since so I've been like 18. Oh, like... <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, what have you been up to? Oh, yes. I have... I, I On TikTok, I came across a guy talking about a comic. And I was like, that sounds like a cool concept. Um, so I downloaded it and I read it and it was very short. It was, was just, a gold slap. just one chapter. No, it wasn't. It's called <laughs> 8 Billion Genies. Oh. Uh, have you heard of it? I'm assuming not Absolutely from your reaction. Not. Good. Okay. So I can tell you. Eight, 8 billion. So a genie for every person? Yeah. So I will tell you the premise because that's basically what he does. And that's what the first chapter is. The first, I say chapter, first edition. There's only been one released. The Issue? others are coming out in June and July for two and three. Um, it basically covers the first basically everyone on earth spontaneously gets this little blue genie that gets them to grant one wish so they are only allowed one Prince wish he so everybody can wish for anything in the world um okay any a power any ability any anything not great <laughs> yeah um and then once you've made your wish it disappears and the first it's based around this bar this sort of like rundown tavern sort of place out in this bit in, in this sort of mid west of america or something i don't know and this can't yeah. is it modern day um yes yeah but it feels very sort of a bit the the aesthetic we, we basically it's set around this bar so we haven't seen any of the mm-hmm. rest of the world i think the rest of the world seems pretty normal and metropolitan this is sort of um yeah sort of like a bit a sort of bar in the US yeah somewhere. yeah yeah exactly sort of a bit okay. sort of deserty maybe sort of um I don't know. Southern states. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's centered around this bar. There's the characters in this bar and the guy who owns the bar, basically his wish is that no one's power, no one's wish will affect anything or anyone inside this bar. Um, Ooh. So it's sort of like, a, it becomes like a, a haven. For a safe haven. A safe haven. Yeah. And um, there's some interesting characters, but the first episode 
stops after the first eight seconds after this wish was made. So, like, it just looks at the first eight seconds and it basically... What? It has a bit of backstory. The first three quarters of the... The entire planet has exploded. The bar is the <laughs> only thing left. <laughs> the, the, yeah, someone wished for the planet to blow up. Yeah, hope that. Um, yeah, and it's just this floating... It turns into Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Schrodinger's bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first, the majority of the chapter is basically getting to know the characters and then these genies pop out, everyone makes their wish and then it's the the following preceding eight seconds afterwards and then the next chapter when it's released is going to look at the next eight minutes after that. And um, oh, yeah. then hours after that, maybe? I don't know. I don't know what the third one is. I haven't got that far yet. But uh, yeah, it's quite fun. And the, the I, I've decided that I really like sort of thought experiments. You know, like this show tried to do a little bit with Bubble, tried to sort of get you thinking bigger picture and stuff. And also just weird, unique concepts and abstract sci-fi stuff. I really like thinking about them and sort of exploring them. But like a lot of them, when they're in long form media, like series or books, take a lot of time. And I get Mm. very distracted and don't really commit (laughs) to stuff like that. So... I thought comics and, you know, manga and stuff might be a nice way for me to digest some of those things. And I just saw this guy pop up and I was like, that's okay. a cool concept. So I, I bought the first chapter and yeah, it's fun. I'm oh. looking forward to seeing How many uh, pages does it run uh, for? I don't know off the top of my head. Not long. Like it took me like oh. five minutes to read. It was very, very quick. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say, because like for comic length, like one issue covering eight seconds worth of time like yeah so it what it was the, really it, interesting but it, it, i i would i it wasn't just the eight seconds. i would want more it wasn't just the eight seconds it was the preceding so it sort of built ah. up got to you got to know the characters there's a little okay. boy with a dad who's, find out who's in the bar yeah yeah then... they've got some social interactions and stuff there's right. a chinese an asian couple that come in and the guy speaks chinese or mandarin and um you learn a bit about them and where they're going and then it all happens and then it's the eight seconds afterwards so we just see a snapshot of like it pans around a couple of different people around the world some woman wishes for all the money in the world someone wishes to be able to fly someone wishes wishes to be able to walk again someone wishes to be young again and that's basically all we get just a few frames a snapshot of these eight seconds afterwards okay yeah sounds super interesting interesting concept I'm excited to see where it goes Mm. yeah nice all right. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you all for listening. If you stuck That'll around do. to this bit of garbage, then much. well done to you. Um, you need to find something better to do with your time. But thank you. We appreciate well, it. I and wish that everybody would give us a five-star review. <laughs> oh, what a way to waste a wish. <laughs> what do you mean? I get you three, mean, right? Do you mean every, what? You get No, you only get one. I get three. One wish. What the? Oh, shit. <laughs> They make that very clear as well. In 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 the um, first first page, it's like everybody gets one wish, not three, one. <laughs> yeah, one wish. Well, I'm doomed. I've done it. Anyway, up. thank you all for listening. I want we'll to know what the one piece is. <laughs> <laughs>